It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I'm Wendy. I'm delighted to be with you. I'm a mom. I'm a MAGA enthusiast. I'm an American lover. Uh, I am an, uh, a veteran appreciator. I support first responders and police officers, law and order, rules and reality, and damn it, common sense. Common sense is what it's all about, and we're delighted that you're joining us. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You know, liberty and justice to me means being able to live your life Without the government spying on you, harassing you, surveilling you, planting evidence on you, luring you, entrapping you, setting you up, arresting you, blaming you, convicting you, and throwing you away. That is what liberty and justice for all equals to me. And if there is justice, if there is such a thing as justice anymore in this country... The people who filed the frivolous lawsuit against Brandon Straka, who claimed he violated their civil rights and used some KKK statute alleging they were because they're black and brown, Capitol Police officers ostensibly, that Brandon Straka, as a January 6th protester, broke the law trampled their own rights and as such should be thrown away into the D.C. gulag. They did not expect Brandon Straka, who they went after purposefully because he's a former Democrat who has been reformed and turned into, I would presume, conservative, a Republican, at the very least a libertarian or independent. He walked away from the movement. As a gay man who grew up thinking that the Democrats' policies supported him, involved his values, the older he got, the more he realized it was fake. That what he had been buying into was nothing but garbage. And so he walked away. 
And he started a movement to encourage other people to walk away. But you know what he didn't do on January 6th? He never walked into the Capitol building. But still, he was arrested. He was charged. And it took $150,000 of his money to get to the point in the discovery phase of his trial in which he was labeled a racist, an insurrectionist. It took the discovery phase for him to realize that not one of the eight officers naming him was even close to him that day. They were on the other side of the Capitol. One wasn't even in D.C. And so what did the court have to do? Well, you failed to prove your case. Mr. Straka, you are free. Charges dropped. Case dismissed. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. How dare you? How dare you make up garbage? How dare you trample civil rights and use racism and use people of color as freaking bait? How dare you? I am furious. Justice will come. And I hope it is swift. And I hope every damn dollar that Brandon Straka and everybody else who's been wrongfully ensnared in a theatrical performance of suck gets their money back and they won't get their time back. They won't get their lives back. They won't get their years with their children back. They won't get their birthdays, their Christmases. They won't get their peace of mind back. And it was stolen. It was stolen. That is the country in which we live. I reject that with every fiber of my soul. I am so angry. We are told the big story today is of a multi-billion dollar deal. A Japanese company buying U.S. steel. It is a big story. There are many implications intertwined in the nuance of this story. I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert on labor. I'm not an expert on steel. And though U.S. Steel, their plants are in my backyard in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm not an expert on what they do, how they do it. Etc., etc. But this $14.1 billion deal, which is really $14.8 billion when you factor in the debt that Nippon Steel is assuming in this transaction, there are a lot of questions here. Here are my questions. This is going to make Nippon Steel, the largest steel company in the world, ostensibly. Their third largest, now they will be number one. What does that mean for American production of steel? What does that mean when we have an open border in which millions of military-aged single men from around the globe have marched across our border, open border, wide open, come on in, They're supposed to protect us, my friends, the people who take an oath 
The people who raise their hand and put the other on the Bible, law enforcement, government officials to protect enemies, foreign and domestic. What happens when China perhaps gobbles up this steel company now? Maybe they go to war with Japan. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Where are you going to get your steel? Where's our steel going to come from? Where is our military machine making going to come from? No, no, no. You don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about that. Okay. Is all rosy? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe it's great. I understand that the woman in charge here of, of looking into the labor side of it, the new labor secretary, Julie Sue. You know, she took over from Marty Walsh when he decided to uh, step aside to run the Professional Hockey Players Union. This Julie Sue herself has a history of suck. She was Gavin Newsom's labor secretary before failing upwards into the Biden administration. She received zero Republican support as she became acting U.S. labor Sec- secretary after Marty Walsh moved along. This Julie Sue, by the way, played a central role in the Biden administration's handling of the freight rail labor standoff last year. How well did that go for the folks who work on the rail lines? Not very well whatsoever. So what does this mean? Well, let's listen to John Fetterman. Did anybody expect this? I did not expect any of this from John Fetterman. Listen to what he said yesterday. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company. Can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. So here we have a guy who had a stroke, who has cardiac issues, right? Who suffers from depression, who was in the hospital for months, who apparently is having terrific speech therapy because I didn't notice hardly at all a lack of ability in his communication, right? Here we have this guy who's like the lone voice in our Senate standing up and saying, I'd like more details on this. He doesn't want U.S. steel to be outsourced to a foreign nation. He's anti-Hamas. He firmly supports Israel. He wants strong border security. He doesn't want the Chinese buying U.S. farmland. As I saw somebody post on Twitter this morning, I didn't put that on my bingo card this year. And yet this is the guy who's speaking the most truth right now. What the hell is going on in our country? Look, there's a lot to go to to dig through with the whole U.S. steel thing. I hope jobs are protected. I hope our access to steel is protected. And of course, all of this is ensconced in, in the, you know, carbon footprint garbage mumbo jumbo. All right. But the fact of the matter is we need raw materials and they were just purchased by a japanese company oh boy looks like a great christmas doesn't it don't go anywhere when we come back i gotta give you an update you know i got fussy yesterday the reconciliation memorial you know bringing back together the north and the south after the civil war that monument at darlington supposed to be taken down yesterday a stay Who did it? Why? 
and what comes next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So Breitbart.com, Japan's Nippon Steel, agreed to buy U.S. Steel Corp for $14.1 billion. The company's announced Monday, sparking criticism about the firm's ownership in an industry crucial to U.S. national security. Full stop. That's what it's about to me. A major U.S. Steelworkers Union and a top U.S. politician, John Fetterman, you just heard from him, came out against the Japanese conglomerate's all-cash agreement. Apparently, the deal didn't involve talking to the unions, you know, the steelworkers, the little guys who are really the big guys, who do all the work, who make the work happen. You're supposed to talk to us when there's going to be a purchase, a sale. Didn't do that. Why not? In a statement, USW International President David McCall said the deal demonstrated the same greedy, short-sighted attitude that has guided U.S. Steel for too long. He says neither U.S. Steel nor Nippon reached out to our union regarding this deal, which is in itself a violation of our partnership agreement that requires U.S. Steel to notify us of a change in control or business conditions. Eh, why would we worry about all that little stuff? Don't get in our way. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. As I preface this, I do not have the knowledge to give you expert ideas on this. I can tell you it makes me very uncomfortable. In the world of common sense, in which we are supposed to live. Let's turn to this now. You have to love it when a moment of reason seeps into insanity. Here's your headline. Judge appointed by Trump halts removal of Confederate statue from Arlington National Cemetery. Now, the people who are behind this, who want to erase history, who want to take away any vestige of the Confederacy, who want to relitigate what happened. So that future generations aren't able to learn for themselves what happened. They will tell you, no, 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 no. This isn't about that. Yes, it is. If they tell you it's not, it is. And you know that. In an all-too-rare move these days, ain't that true? A statue honoring the Confederate war dead is staying put. At least until tomorrow. U.S. District Judge Rossi Alston of the Eastern District of Virginia, nominated by Trump in 2019, issued a temporary restraining order Monday preventing the statue from being removed from cemetery grounds. The memorial, which was unveiled 109 years ago, friends, get rid of it. It's so offensive. This is the lunacy. Let's spend $3 million to take down this statue to potentially disrupt the hallowed ground where America's war heroes are buried because that's going to move the needle for anything. Now, the memorial unveiled in 1914 was slated to be removed on the recommendation of an independent commission. You know what? If we took all the independent commissions... And we fired everybody and we took whatever money they would spend and we gave it back to taxpayers. We wouldn't have inflation. 
the stupid commission formed to rename military bases and other assets that commemorated the Confederacy on military property. You know what? Stop. Stop, you grown-ups of suck. You triggered woke diversity schmucks. You're worried about being butthurt over something that happened when we weren't even born. And yet what's happening right now, which puts directly in danger future generations, my grandchildren and yours is walking right across the southern border by the tens of thousands. And we want to remove a bronze statue. Oh, it hurts my feelings. How's that any different than the faux crisis made up by eight black and brown Capitol Police officers alleging that Brandon Straka violated their civil rights? Well, that's curious because I've never seen you. And our GPS locating on our cell phones doesn't put us anywhere near each other that day. But thank goodness you're going to molest the system. You're going to twist the system. So that you can be a victim rewarded for what exactly? Crews had gathered at Arlington Cemetery Monday with removal equipment. They plan to have the monument removed by December 22nd. Here's Glenn Youngkin, the Virginia governor, not a fan of the plan, but he said, well, if it gets relocated, we'll move it over to this historical park in the Shenandoah Valley. No, Glenn. No, dude. This is where you stand up. This is where you grow a set. This is where you stand at the freaking memorial as the governor and you say, oh, hell no. You want to take this? You better take me first. You don't think that everybody and his brother would be there with cameras for that? The stay of removal comes after a group called Defend Arlington, which is affiliated with Save Southern Heritage Florida, filed a lawsuit on Saturday. They said that the equipment was going to muck up the surrounding graves. And it was because of that fact that this judge gave this this group filing this lawsuit 48 hours. You better prove to me that this is what's going to happen, that this is going to damage the ground, that this is going to disrupt the eternal resting place of these soldiers or else it's going to continue. This is the battle we're up against, whether it's frivolous lawsuits or, or memorials being taken down. It is the pervasive death by a thousand cuts chiseling of what is right, what is historically accurate and what is just conversation continues moments from now on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Two things I want. I want all of the January 6th video released. I understand some of the questions the uh, the folks in charge, if you will, have regarding some of the angles, etc., Revealing too much, I, my understanding of the U.S. Capitol building, my friends, is it is this maze of corridors and tunnels and ins and outs and ups and downs, and it's difficult. That said, I think we should see as much as we can see. Facts, period. Secondarily, we should see who was on Epstein's plane 
who was traveling to his disgusting little island in the Caribbean to do God knows what with God knows whom. Why won't they release the travel logs? Well, you know as well as I. And Congressman Tim Birch had said it to Chris Salcedo, I believe, yesterday on Newsmax. I just watched it this morning. The reason why Dick Durbin and all these other clowns are doing whatever they can to silence any kind of debate. To move this out of the consciousness of of we the people is because they're all involved. The entire system is predicated on bribery and blackmail. And I have a firm belief, though not actual evidence, because I'm not connected. But I have have a very strong opinion that there's crap on every single member of Congress. Unless, of course, there are those who have refused to participate. Are those your MAGA Republicans? I don't know. But the only reason people would say we can't expose those travel logs is because either they're on them or people are pressuring them who are on them. And the people who are pressuring them have dirt. It's all this is about. Wouldn't it be amazing if our elected representatives worked on behalf of we, the people, half as much as they work on covering their own butts? fantasy headline democrat panic on capitol hill oh no ahead of 2024 as joe biden's polling numbers hit basement levels bad poll numbers come and go but for president joe biden they've been consistently bad not just showing him polling behind other GOP candidates and hypothetical 2024 matchups at this stage in the race, but also showing him in the basement with voters in general. Just two weeks out from the official start of the 2024 presidential election year. Let's take a look at Monmouth National Poll. Joe Biden at his lowest rating ever with a dismal 34 percent, 34 percent. 61% disapprove. 5% have no opinion. Who are these people? I've no idea who these people are. How do you not have an opinion? Of course, numbers even more brutal among independents and Democrats, both of whom are obviously critical for a Biden election victory. Since September, his approval number has dropped four points. His disapproval number has increased by six. That's a 10 points shift between October and 2022 and July 2023, Biden's approval rating ranged between 40 and 44 percent. Disapproval registered 48 to 53 percent. His presidential approval now has dropped among both Democrats. It's at 74 percent now down from 80 percent in September and 88 percent in July. It's also dropping with independents, 24 percent, 24 percent of independents. Like what Joe Biden is doing, down from 30 in September and 38 since July. And it currently stands, I don't know how 5% of Republicans think he's doing a good job. There's got to be one in every crowd, right? Though Biden is probably, he's been at least in denial publicly, as we could say, about his polling woes. You heard the reporter shouting at him, hey, what do you say about these polls? They show that you suck. (laughs) 
you're looking at the wrong poles. As in somebody crashes into his motorcade and he's startled like what? Biden delivered some stern words for a small group he assembled after pardoning a pair of turkeys. He said his poll numbers were unacceptably low. He wanted to know what his team and his campaign were doing about it. Well, there's only so much lipstick to put on the pig. This is, of course, from people who spoke on condition of anonymity. The situation has gotten so dire that Representative Alyssa Slotkin, the Democrat from Michigan, last seen avoiding questions about why she continues to coddle her anti-Semitic House colleague Rashida Tlaib, has privately indicated she believes she won't have a chance at actually winning the Senate seat she's vying for next year if Biden stays on the ticket. That is not a very positive commentary. Look, no Democrat is looking forward to running with President Biden, certainly not in this political climate, barring some major, I don't know, development for the better with the economy. Dude's toast. They know he's toast. How about this? Who do people dislike more than Joe Biden? (laughs) Mitch McConnell! Let's go! Only 6% of Americans approve of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's job performance. Wouldn't you at some point, like when you were speaking and everybody in the audience was like, boo, remember that? He stood up and he was trying to talk at some like barn. He was in some barn and he's talking about this or that and everybody's milling around. Nobody's talking. Nobody's listening to him. And then the people are just chanting. Basically, you suck. (laughs) Wouldn't you get the idea? You know what? I'm a thousand years old. I'm married to a woman from China. Her family owns all sorts of shipping stuff. We're billionaires. Why am I doing this anymore? They're addicted. They have nothing else. They've done nothing else. They have nothing else. So this Monmouth national polling showing Joe Biden has dropped into the basement. Yes, but voters are even more unhappy with Mitch McConnell. 6% approval rating, 60% of respondents disapprove i guess 35 percent remaining have no idea they're like lindsey graham they're not paying attention right damning monmouth wrote about the mcconnell numbers noting that he's the only person in the poll who received a net negative score (laughs) the u.s senate republican minority leader mitch mcconnell earns the lowest overall rating six percent approve 60 percent disapprove among adu- uh, american adults and is the only leader to receive a net negative score from his fellow partisans 10 percent approve and 41 percent disapprove among republicans he's awful the public's negative view of mcconnell was the lowest in the poll folks don't seem to be too happy about other members of the house or the senate only 21 percent seem to approve of chuck schumer I can't figure out why he's such a, a darling, such a dazzling star of the Democrat left. On the Democratic side, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, 21% approve, 41% disapprove. Wow. <laughs> House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, 21% approve, 22% disapprove. Newly installed House Speaker Mike Johnson enjoys about the same level of support as his predecessor. They don't like him either. Positive 37% approve, 5% disapprove among his fellow Republicans. Okay. 
What does all this mean? Well, not a whole lot other than America is exhausted. America is badgered. We have been beaten. We have been lied to. We have been set up. We have been stolen from. We have been silenced. Our freedoms have been trampled. And the entire time, all of these jerks who are responsible for the assault on life as we know it here in the United States point their finger and they blame Donald Trump. The guy who's not in charge. The guy who's not in office. The guy who's not making policy decisions. The man who they spent four years to destroy. Who all they've done is make stronger They've made him into an icon of all things wrong with the weaponization of government. They have made him America's number one victim of everything that they do. And they can't fathom what's going on. We can. Because we've been watching, we've been paying Attention. And you don't have to go far. How about just your own ATM card? Go take out a few bucks. See what your balance says. As Americans weigh in on Bidenomics, it's not breaking news for me to tell you. We are not fans. So just how bad are things out there in the middle out, bottom up world of of farcical Bidenomics? Well, the same Monmouth poll given us kind of a, a, window, a window into it, a whopping 44% of respondents say they are struggling financially to maintain their current lifestyle. That is a record high number under Biden. In April of 2019, the percentage of Americans who said they were struggling financially just to stay put, tread water, 20%, April 2019. In June of 2020, one year later, still 20%. Needle not moving for these folks, right? June 2021, Joe Biden has been in office for five months. The 20% who say they were struggling financially to remain where they are went up to 24%. It jumped to 37% in October of 2022, up to 41% this past March of 23. Now, 44%. 44% of Americans polled say they are struggling to stay financially where they are. How is that building back better? How is that hope and change? How is that anything that's positive for any of us? Well, it's, it's not. And we told you so, Democrats. So... To all you lovely, white, college-educated, liberal women who hated Donald Trump. You wine-drinking soccer moms of the suburbs who just couldn't imagine Donald Trump. This is on you, ladies. This is on you. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program... I got to read something from the Wall Street Journal, and it's going to set up our next segment. Liz Cheney says Donald Trump cannot be reelected. He's a threat. 
Wall Street Journal's saying, well, sounds like you're crying a little wolf there, Lizzie. It's blistering. And I've got it for you next. All right, so I want to... I want to pull this up for you. Um, You need, obviously, a subscription to the Wall Street Journal in order to see a lot of these opinion pieces I read. And so that's why I wanted to read this particular one to you, because it's important. And you shouldn't not be able to hear this as it sets up the next hour beautifully if you're not a subscriber. We are. So here is the opinion piece, and it is entitled Trump as Dictator. Trump as dictator is a classic case of projection. So we have all these people running around with their pants on fire, right? Trump is this, Trump is that, Trump is this, Trump is that. He can't get in. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. All of this supposition, all of this nonsense, creating Donald Trump is this unhinged, vengeful tyrant who's going to come in and be completely antithetical to what he was before, which was just a leader a businessman who understands deal making, who understands dollars and cents, and who did in just four years with a Congress that hated him amazing things. If these clowns could just get out of his way and shut up, we'd all be better off. Here we go. Biden and his supporters try to excuse and deflect attention from their own authoritarian actions. This is pretty significant. If you hadn't heard, Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans are planning a coup. A Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. Robert Kagan, an editor-at-large at the Washington Post, writes in a recent 6,000-word essay that compares America's fractious democracy with Weimar Germany. Budding opinion writers are instructed not to draw inapt comparisons to Hitler Yet Mr. Trump's opponents are casting aside such conventions in much the same way. They're jettisoning political and legal ones only by convincing themselves that Mr. Trump threatens the existence of the republic. Can they justify their own weaponization of government to stop him? That was huge. Only by convincing themselves that Mr. Trump threatens the existence of the republic. Can they justify their own weaponization of government to stop him. When a marauder is crashing through your house, you throw everything you can at him, pots, pans, candlesticks, in the hope of slowing him down and tripping him up, Mr. Kagan writes. Well, cynicism is one way to explain the left's hysteria. Another is that the portrayal of Mr. Trump as a would-be dictator is a textbook case of psychological projection. The process by which people avoid confronting their own unwanted thoughts, feelings, or behaviors by subconsciously ascribing them to others. Psychologists refer to this as a defense mechanism. President Biden and his supporters project their own authoritarian impulses onto Mr. Trump because they don't want to come to terms with their own illiberalism. The examples in the Biden presidency are rife. With a stroke of a pen, Mr. Biden tried to cancel half a trillion dollars in student debt, ban evictions and mandate COVID vaccines, each of which the Supreme Court blocked because Congress never gave the president the authority to do so. Even after losing at the high court, his administration has used other regulatory means to write off 
about $770 billion in student debt. Mr. Biden has abused his authority under the 1906 Antiquities Act to wall off nearly 1.5 million acres of land from fossil fuel development. He's reconstructed the Clean Air Act to shut down coal and gas power plants and ban gasoline-powered cars. And he's ignored Congress's command to lease federal land for oil and gas drilling and dallied on holding auctions, even after being ordered by a federal court to do so. His administration has failed to enforce the nation's immigration laws, paroling millions of migrants into the U.S. rather than detaining them at the border or holding them in Mexico while they await hearings. The immigration court backlog has doubled to two million since 2019 amid a surge of immigrants exploiting lax law enforcement. The top brass has threatened social media companies with retribution, including antitrust lawsuits if they don't censor speech that progressives dislike. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in September ruled Biden officials had violated the First Amendment by colluding with tech platforms to squelch potentially politically disfavored speech about COVID and elections. A phalanx of regulators, the Federal Trade Commission, Securities and Exchange Commission, National Labor Relations Board and Justice Department has targeted Elon Musk's companies for sundry regulatory infractions. After the tech entrepreneur criticized Democrats leftward lurch and recommended Americans vote for Republicans in the 2022 midterms. Meantime, a Justice Department special counsel has filed trumped up charges against Mr. Trump for allegedly defrauding the U.S. progressive prosecutors, excuse me, defrauding the U.S. Progressive prosecutors in Georgia and New York have piled on. New York Attorney General Letitia James even campaigned for office in 2018 on a pledge to nail this sitting president. Some conservatives engage in projection too. consider Vivek Ramaswamy's questioning of Nikki Haley's authenticity during last week's debate, even as he pandered to Trump voters. Mr. Trump derides his former allies as disloyal, even though he turned on them because he couldn't abide their dissent or criticism. What Mr. Trump and his opponents have most in common is their determination to blame others for their own failings. So that is an article written in the Wall Street Journal blaming ostensibly Democrats for exactly what they're accusing Donald Trump of being in the future. How is this any different from the Oath Keepers of the Proud Boys who were imprisoned not for what they did, but what they could do if left untethered to roam freely among us? Let's take center stage coming up next in hour number two of the Wendy Bell radio program, because you're going to hear a very specific storyline. They've thrown everything they have at this guy and nothing has stuck. Can calling him the name of one of the most reviled names in history do any damage to Donald Trump's Teflon? We'll see next on the Wendy Bell radio network.